available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I am David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the Podcast of Champions, talking all things Pac-12 football. Hope you guys enjoyed that intro. Because I played it earlier today, David, on my USC podcast, the Parastyle podcast, I accidentally put our intro on that show. So people were text tweeting me, hey, what's going on here? So I had to fix it. But uh, yeah, so I got a double intro of the podcast of champions today. That's amazing. Um, mm. I would know that if I ever actually listened to our show. <laughs> or my show. Or you actually did the, some of the editing to make all this stuff happen. You know, I Well, no. I, so I do that every time. I just don't listen to it as I'm doing it. It's a really tricky and weird way of editing. Mm. Obviously, I, I, I edit the show every time. I 100% edit the show without listening. Like, I literally know what I need to do as far as, like, audio tweaks to it. But mm-hmm. I don't go back and listen to the show because I can get it up pretty quickly when we're done. So when we record it's sort of, it. It's sort of like me interacting with my children. Like, I don't <laughs> listen to them, but I know what needs to get done. <laughs> you get a spanking here. You get a diaper change there. Right. You get exactly. fed here. You, see, you got it. Exactly. <laughs> That's my routine. Yes. And you're like, wait, where's you're trying to feed a kid that like is at the <laughs> friend's house? You're like, oh crap. Yeah. Wait, like, wait. Putting food. <laughs> Where did the time go? Why are you 18 and 15 now? What happened? <laughs> nice. Uh well, I hope you guys uh enjoyed our show. We had a show just like five days ago or something, because we did one later. And uh David actually hung out socially afterwards. Yeah. Ate, ate some lovely fish. That was that was a different one. But it, it was, was good. Amazing. I, it was I amazing. Hope you had fun. Yeah, I know. Your, uh, your friends are very hospitable. We ate some bluefin tuna. It was awesome. That Incredible. was really yummy. Like, having fish that your friend caught, like, the day before, like, sushi-grade quality stuff, like, that's, uh, I like that a lot. A little different than getting it the, in the, you know, in the sushi restaurant. Yeah, that was incredible. But, but it was good. But we got to hang out socially, and uh, I'm going to be going out of town for a little bit. I'm going to try to do this. You know, from Europe, maybe just try to do the show. Well, you know, we can record it. You might have to do some work. Is that okay? Like, I just do the David part, and I just do the recording, and then walk away, and then you got to do the other stuff. Do you think you think you can handle that? Do you have <laughs> a tumbleweed noise yet, or like a dusty, uh, like you know, just the wind blowing on the open plains? Nothing lonelier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we'll see if we're gonna do <laughs> like yeah, next week's like Fourth of July stuff. So. That, that's a skippable one, but the one after that. So we'll we'll see what happens. But if you guys have any questions for us, we just have a few today because we just did a show, like I said, like five days ago. Uh, Pac12podcast at gmail.com is the email address. Or you can call or text us at 424-532-0678. Tweet us at Pac12podcast. The website's Pac12podcast.com. You can find the old episodes there. Reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions to interact with all the other POC listeners. And the most important one, Apple Podcasts, please follow 
the podcast of champions. Rate us with five stars. Whatever you say afterwards, we'll read it. Don't know if we have any new ones, Dave, since it's been not that long since our last show. We have three new ones. Whoa, whoa. That was quick. All right. We've got a five-star from Maladroit Hero. I hate to love this podcast. Ryan, the stereotypical private school, quote, fiscal conservative uh, engineer turned football beat expert through hard work, grit, and incredibly lucky timing. David, the younger of the two, is the stereotypical state-supported public school know-it-all, know-nothing social terrorist, I mean communist, (laughs) sorry, I mean socialist with a beard, to cover the permanent and simultaneous countenances of of judgment and self-loathing rides on the coattails of his co-host. They both love, and usually talk, all things Disney. But when they sometimes talk Pac-12 football and get into the news of the day, week, month, or read a listener email... Neither of them can speak or read a paragraph without stumbling or mispronouncing a word or ten. Guess which one has kids? You're wrong. It's the socialist. It's for the better. There are far too many fiscal conservatives out there. I hate to love them for different reasons, and I hate to love this podcast. Five stars. Fight on. Wow. Nice. That was a USC guy. Yeah. That was a USC guy, which, you know, took some shots at me, took some shots at you, but we five stars, so... You know, we, That's all we that love matters. It. All yeah. that matters. Uh, five stars. This is from Cameron Bauer 11. Listen to it. Great podcast for P12 football. Love the chatter between you guys. Fight on. Hey, that was, look, was it too positive? Did it make me uncomfortable because it was too positive? Because <laughs> I have a personality disorder where I can't take compliments? Yes. But five stars. That's all we asked for. Yeah, that was nice. Another another USC guy. So my my, yeah. my, my peeps are, uh, are bringing it. So we need some other... Uh, other fans out there leaving five-star reviews. Absolutely. This is from Mincon, uh, or Mincon. I don't know. Uh, I went, I went, I went Spanish there, but I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation. It's hard to do that with usernames. Uh, this is a five-star review. Mincon from the Bro site. Uh, been listening to this uh, program since its inception. I've always been a fan, but I've never been motivated enough to write a review until David's Israel-Palestine comment. Thank you, David, for speaking the truth. Love these reviews of our college football podcast, don't you? Yes. 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 I this love that that's going to be the first. So if anybody, is like, yes. if anybody is like thinking about this and they're like, you know, I'm going to finally give that POC a shot, but I just want to read the most up-to-date reviews. And they go to Apple Podcasts. And literally the first review is somebody saying they're, they've finally been motivated to write a review because we have, we have commented on the Israel-Palestine conflict. <laughs> It's so incredible. Oh, love it. Love you guys. Thanks for the reviews. Oh, yes. Uh, Awesome stuff. We really appreciate those. They definitely help grow the show. Um, Yeah, that was a a good one last week. And I I feel like I had some good interaction on the Peristyle, on the USC, you know, message board. Uh, I'm sure there was some good interaction on Bro. We got to get, we got to get some of the other sites involved and uh, get some good interaction uh, for the show, because, uh, there's, you know, we try to, we don't want to be LA focused. We know LA cause that's where we are, but you know, we want to talk about everybody and we'll, we'll get guests on and we'll get more people to, to talk about stuff, but we do appreciate all the reviews. Thank you for all those. Yeah. They're amazing. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, uh, do I do, so I used to take on the job of posting this on all of the other sites on their message boards. And then I stopped doing that. Um, why? Because I didn't want to do it anymore. So, um, yeah, maybe I could do that again. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? that might help a little bit. Uh, yeah. I could try some too. 
Uh, it does get up on the front page of most of the sites, so that's nice. But, you know, we want to get an interaction on the message board and stuff. Uh, all right. We have this. Okay. We are recording this on June 30th, and it's approximately 541 p.m. as we are talking right now. In six hours or so, we're going to have two big things happening. One, name, image, and likeness goes live. We found out from the NCAA they just kicked the can down the road for years and they didn't deal with Congress or the states are just saying, all right, go, everyone can go out and do your own thing. Um, name, image, and likeness. It's, a le- it's legal now. Go ahead and do it. Uh, it's an interim law and all that stuff. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. But first, the most important part, I got to play this for you. Is that beautiful? Uh, of course, we're referring to. The truth is, we all know Champagne Larry likes to roll large, right? <laughs> Champagne Larry, this is his last six hours on the job, David. We got George Klayovkov. He's starting July first, so six more hours of the Larry Scott era. Great. See you later, uh, Larry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean. You know, it's hard to get past the emotions at a time like this. It's hard to, you know, it's actually hard to talk about it without um, tearing up a little bit at all the fond memories. Um, you know, I'll just always remember him as a uniter, not a divider. Uh, we are all united <laughs> in our uh, uh, absolute antipathy for this man. So tremendous, tremendous work, Larry. Hats off to you. I would, if you want to go out there, just, you know, look at Twitter. So many columns written by, you know, West Coast writers, national columnists about uh, the great job that Larry Scott did running the Pac-12 for the last 12 years. And, well, if you find one of those, let me know, because it doesn't (laughs) exist. Um, John Willard didn't even, I I think this is the ultimate insult. Like, Willard didn't even do, like, a final, like, column on Larry Scott. He wrote, he's like, you know, I wrote a bunch of stuff before. You can check it out. Um, so it's like, I think Canzano did something. Uh, there's some other stuff out there. I think something on the athletic, but, um, I love that Wilner didn't even like write a column about like, you know, summing up, uh, the Larry Scott era. So I, I thought that was like just a nice little, di- I, I, I feel like he did it on purpose, Dave. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's right. Honestly, everything feels like an afterthought right now because it feels like he's been gone now for two months. I mean, we may have played the ding dong, the witch is dead two months ago when this was first announced or whatever it was that Klyovkov was taking over. Um, so it feels just kind of, uh, you know, oh, oh, that guy, he's still around. Like, honestly, when we were talking about it last week, his comments, uh, Larry's comments um, after uh, or about the playoff expansion, I'm like, why? Why is he even commenting? He's not even the commissioner anymore. And then I was like, wait, no, he is. But wh- what's he doing? No, um, no. So this is just, you know. Nice little swan song that nobody's paying attention to. It's great. Yeah. Uh, he did get that last shot. And we talked about uh, last week on the show about, you know, wanting the uh, guarantee for the PAC 12. Um, we're seeing the, 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 the momentum for the, the 12 and all that, but I think it's going to stay the way it is. It's probably going to be, you know, the six um, highest ranked 
conference champions, and then it looks like you know you'll have first round games at home sites, and then the bowls for the uh, the rest of them. So I, I doesn't look like that's changed at all. But that was his final kind of shot, which just just didn't work at all. Like like most things he did when he was commissioner of the Pac-12. Just yeah, that 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 didn't work. That wasn't a very good strategy. Um, I you know he's just not going to be remembered fondly. I think Wilner wrote a little bit about did some good things early, really missed, you know, missed his shots late. And uh, now we get to see what George Glavkov does. We'll have um, a lot more from him July 27th at Pac-12 Media Day. Uh, we still haven't talked about this. I don't think I'm on the the list anymore of people that vote for these things. Like they usually send me that stuff. So someone, I think that maybe the POC, they cut me out. Yeah, maybe you've uh, been shitlisted. Possibly, uh, but I will inquire, and I got to do this before we leave, uh, be- before I go, inquire about getting a booth or something there. If you're you available that day, can you cover it? Yeah, I'll figure it out. All right, so let's uh, let's try to do that. We'll try to do something uh, as a team uh, covering uh, Pac-12 Media Day. The Pac-12 did say they would make him available. Uh, you know, I'll be gone a couple weeks, and hopefully we can talk to him. Maybe we can talk to him a little bit before. Media day. Um, they might not want to do it like, you know, a week or two before media. Day. We'll see. But we'll, we'll figure it out for you guys. And uh, so we've got to come up with a nip, nickname for the new commissioner, because saying Klyavkov that often is going to be really hard. I'm going with what do you think of Cleaver? George Cleaver? Like, no, just to... call him. Yeah, yeah, I sort of leave it to Beaver. But like it's <laughs> leave it to Beaver. But it also has the potential for being a badass nickname if he like starts like firing a bunch of people who suck, because then he's like the Cleaver, you know, cutting people up. Um you know, you with me on that? I, I, I could go with you. Sure. Okay. Um, I think you've had better ideas, but, uh, you're not with me on this. No, I, I, I like it. I, I didn't really know, um, where we were going to go with this. You know, Larry Scott was easy to say at least. And like, I have to think about Klyavkov and I've heard it's people just, say it, it very it, differently. It, it's rough. It's rough. It's a rough pronunciation. It's, it's kind of uh, dissonant. Like you're kind of changing, um, sounds midway through. It's just tough. Like you don't like it. Um, so I'm going to go with Cleaver, George, the Cleaver, Klyavkov. All right. The Cleaver. Uh, we'll see. We'll ask him when we get to talk to him. We'll see, uh, yeah, yeah. how he likes that. But yeah, so the new era of, uh, so I was going with meat Cleaver and kind of backed into, um, you know, leave it to Beaver. Well, is it, I, uh, is it George, was George Cleaver one of the characters? I want to say George Cleaver was the dad. I thought so. I remember I watching know. that as a kid, like when it was like black and white and stuff. Like, hang, it was, on. You know, hang on, hang on. 20 year old reruns and stuff. We got to pause and look at this. All right. So leave it to Beaver. So you had Theodore the Beaver Cleaver. Uh, Theodore, no, it was yeah. Ward. It was Ward. Ward. Oh, on, my God. We yeah. Ward that. is like one of the iconic names. We yeah, are. You got idiot. you got June and Ward and you got Wally. And then you've got uh, Theodore the Beaver Cleaver. So we're probably uh, mixing it up with George from. Uh, like it's a wonderful from life. any well from any number of uh, things because half the people were named George then. Yeah, George was pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. but uh, yeah, so it'll be cool to uh, see what. Uh, oh, George you keep Cleaver... trying to talk about this seriously while I'm trying to come up with a nickname. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean it's like the end of the era, so. Um... We'll, yeah, uh... no the 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 thing Ryan likes talking about second most. Uh, after spring practice is what's going on at media day as if mm. anyone cares. I do love media day. You, media do. Day is, you love media it so much. Fun. I'll get some interns out there. We're going to, we're going to crush media day. So it'll be good. 
Oh, we're going to uh, murder it. Yeah. Media Day will be ashes at the soles of our feet. Well, like the great John Wilner, we'll we'll not we'll refrain from talking about Larry Scott anymore and just kind of let him ride off in the sunset on his millions and millions of dollars. Uh, but <laughs> the other speaking of dollars, um, it's gonna be. I tweeted out something like just wild, wild west. So when the NCAA finally came out and said it, I think the Athletics said, "Hey, this is really happening." That would, they thought so, but it's just like this interim policy that basically says schools go do what you want. Um, Kids can make money off their name, image, and likeness, and sort of like just no, no direct. Like the NCAA, there was just no direction. They just kind of gave up, and uh, and we're starting to see tweets of things that are going to happen. I think if you're going to stay up past midnight, there's going to be some crazy stuff going on. I know. I think Nebraska tweeted out that every single one of their student athletes was going to have some sort of business deal. Um, all the, I mean, most of the schools in Pac-12 I've seen tweet out something about what their program is called. Um, you know, something to do, you know, Husky this or Cougar that. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff. I forget. I saw Washington State and Washington both had some. I forget what they're, you know, they're called. Some of them have come out months ago, and we just don't know the details. Um, so we see that, and I think across the country, Dave, like just people making up deals. There's a who is there? There's a player from somewhere that like has a deal with like a fireworks company. I think it was, was it Kansas State. I don't remember who it was, but we're going to see all kinds of stuff where these people have deals with things. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think it really could be the wild, wild west. No one knows. There's like no laws. It's going to be great. The NCAA should have no role here. Um, so I'm glad they're basically abdicating their responsibility and just saying, yeah, it's fine. Just do whatever you want. Um, so we'll see how it all plays out. And I hope uh, the schools give a great deal of latitude to the players to figure this out for themselves, because frankly, there shouldn't be many restrictions on how they make money. They should be able to make money. Uh, they should be able to do endorsement deals for like Pornhub. They should be able to do whatever the hell they want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They should be able to get money uh, for what they're doing. And what, look, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's so both sides of their mouth thinking because every single one of the people who's like arguing against NIL is like a diet in the wool, conservative, like free market, yada, yada, yada. Just this is all we're talking about is just let the kids make whatever they can make on the free market here. Um, and yeah, if some wealthy booster decides it's worth it to him to like develop a shell company to allow like sponsorship deals for every single player on the football team, well, guess what? It's worth it to him. That's great. Give him money. I, I agree with you. I think this needed to happen. I think the NCAA could have had a lot more control over it if they'd done this earlier. But they just fought to the de- they just wanted to fight this and fight this and fight this and it was inevitable. And now it's going to be the wild wild west. They don't have any control. There could be some abuses and stuff happening, but you know whatever. It's like you have to allow this to happen. It's a, like you said, it's a free market. People make bad decisions all the time. If you're a college athlete and you make a bad decision to sign with a terrible agent, or a bad deal, or whatever it is. I mean, yeah, like it, we're, they're gonna—they're adults. They're gonna be able to do what they want. If they make a bad financial decision, they do. I mean, it's part of learning and, and growing up. You try to make a better one next time. So, um, and you know, it's not like Alabama's not winning the majority of the recruiting battles as it is. Do you think they're gonna? It's not gonna get worse. I mean, if anything, I think this could make things a little more even for people. Where uh, you know, a program like. You know, Iowa has a little bit more to offer, maybe, because they can offer something as opposed to just going straight up with Alabama. Now, Alabama could offer a lot of money, but 
can they do it to everyone? I that's the thing is we just don't know how this is going to play out. Um, I think it's going to be fascinating uh, to well, watch. You know what starting. the worst financial decision is that's uh, dictated to them is giving up several of your peak athletic years uh, to play for free. So nothing's going to be worse than that in terms of financial decisions for some of these guys. Yeah. So, and this won't be dictated to them, which is going to be really cool. Oh yeah, this is uh, this is definitely going to be a new era. Like you know, Pac-12, you know that. Uh, I mean, in college football, uh, Pac-12 because of Larry Scott, but now just the way the NIL thing is going to roll out. I mean, I I don't know if we're going to be able to keep up on Twitter. Every freaking program in the country, David's going to be tweeting out their plan or their you know, there's going to be affiliated with this company, and here's what we're going to do for our student athletes, and it's like it's going to be nuts. Like just to follow what your own, the school you cover is going to do. Um, hey, what's Stanford doing? Hey, what's Florida State doing? Hey, what's Michigan doing? Like, it's gonna, there's gonna be so many things, and there's gonna be like, wow, no one, like anyone that's doing something unique, everyone's gonna point to that, like, ooh, no one I saw do that yet, you know? And well, and like, copy uh, I don't, I don't know what the rules on like publicizing this stuff will be, but I'm sure there's gonna be, I mean, the reality is that this should be a recruiting opportunity for a lot of these schools. And so they're going to be incentivized to publish the details of like our athletes across all sports average X amount of money in terms of, 100%. you know, NIL uh, endorsements or whatever. Um, and there's going to be incentive to really push the hell out of this because it's right now. And hopefully the damn, the, the, the floodgates will open here pretty soon, but right now it's the one way for them to actually make money. Um, so, uh, the schools should be, you know, selling the crap out of it, whatever they're able to do, uh, however they're able to facilitate, um, whatever role they're able to take in, in doing this, um, they should be shouting it to the mountaintops. 100% true. And it's not just football. I mean, you're going to Olympic sports athletes are going to be able to make money. I mean, I forget the name. Who was the, the gymnast at UCLA that was getting the perfect tens yeah, and Caitlin Ohashi, Ohashi uh, could have made bank off that one youtube video it had like multi-millions views right like it was yeah. crazy yeah. um there is a i mentioned this to keely on my usc show someone tweeted out might have been andy staples i forget someone tweeted out so there was a walk-on wide receiver from tcu that has like a million tiktok followers and i don't do the tiktok thing i don't know about that but like it seems to be a lot of people like lip syncing and dancing at the same time he had like full uniform, like in the locker room with other teammates, dancing to some song they tweeted out. It didn't even look like that was very good, but whatever. Apparently, people like it, and he's got a million followers. Like that dude's a walk-on wide receiver. He's gonna make a lot of money having a million followers. Like he could, you know, be doing the next dance, drinking a Dr Pepper, and getting paid fifty grand for it. You know, so like that's that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And he's, you know, he's not. He doesn't even have a scholarship. He's gonna make some. He could make more money. Um, I, you know, I was talking to this, uh, to Keely about this where, so you're, you're in a, you know, you're Washington and you're in a major metropolitan area like Seattle. If you're the left guard for the Huskies and you're walking down the streets of Seattle, you know, nine out of 10 people probably won't know who you are. Right. Or more, um, you know, there's the Seahawks, there's the Mariners. I mean, there's, there's professional sports. It's a major city. You, if you're the star quarterback or something, yeah, people will probably know you, but they don't really know you if you're like a random offensive lineman. Or if you're in Lincoln, Nebraska, and you're like the backup left guard, you probably would be recognized everywhere, right? So to me, there's like different opportunities where you might have a smaller pond, but everyone knows who you are at like in a college town, 
in a lot of places. And then in a big city, even the star, they might not know who you are, but you'll still be able to get paid. I, do you do you feel like it's going to work differently like that? Like maybe it's okay to be, you know, the center for Florida State can, you know, clean up in Tallahassee. Um, but, you know, the guy, the center for UCLA or, or Washington or something or Miami probably wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think um, the reality is some positions are just sexier and more likely to um, generate real money than others. And that's regardless of the location. Um, So, yeah, I mean, there could be a lot of nuance to it. I mean, I think it depends. I mean, I think you could see some schools approach it from like um, uh, trying to do some sort of distribution among the players. Um, I, I don't know how it's going to I think the schools do have a lot of latitude in how they figure this out, but also the states are making laws about all this um, and how individualized the income is going to be and all that kind of junk. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting if there's going to be any kind of like common fund for like, you know, the third string center or whatever. Um, but no, I think it's, um, uh, you know, this is one of those things where like you play center, you're never going to make that much money, even if you make it to the NFL compared to a quarterback. And this is, this is the beginning of that. So get used to it, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the States and I forget the six States that were going to go live on July 1st. And they definitely didn't want that to be an issue where like Georgia would have an advantage over Ohio state or whatever. But so the NCAA said, you know, it doesn't matter if your state has a law on the books yet or not, or starting yet. Obviously it all started, with uh, the Pac-12 and California, uh, but that r- l- rule doesn't go to the fact. I think like 2023. I know there was talk about moving it up, um, but there might be an advantage to not having a law because there's nothing to follow. Where some of the laws might be a little like, why do you have to do that? Um, like New Mexico has one. I think it was it Texas, Georgia, Florida, New Mexico. I forget what all they were, but Oregon did sign a law into it that went into it that's going to affect July 1st. Also, um, I don't know the details of that one, but they you know, they jumped on board. But it's one of those cases, Dave, where it's probably an advantage to be in a state that doesn't have a law because then you really don't have anything to follow. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm interested to see how this shakes out very quickly. And I think we're going to hear from the schools pretty quickly, a lot of them across the country. I mean, I'm hoping 247 does some sort of, um, you know, kind of look around at everybody because they're pretty good at doing those kind of broad stories. Um, like, look how it's being developed in different areas um, of the country. Um, and whether it truly is wild west in some areas and relatively regulated in others. Um, Bruce Feldman tweeted this out, Alabama star offensive tackle, Evan Neal, the biggest free athlete in college football is officially open for business. And he tweeted out according, this is uh, Neal tweeted this out. According to the NCAA starting July 1st, all student athletes have been granted permission to capitalize on our name, image, and likeness. When this goes into effect, student athletes are going to be able to brand ourselves and other businesses and companies, uh, any local or any companies at all that want to use my social media as a platform to promote, do commercials, et cetera, to brand themselves. My DMS are open for business message me if interested. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I, I mean, someone like that, you're going to be a top 10 pick most likely. Uh, Oh yeah. You're probably going to get a lot of DMs. Yeah, dude. Wear his wear some company's shirt at the draft or whatever. That'd All that be, stuff. That's real yeah. money. And uh, do you feel like there's going to be um, 
even like interviews and stuff where like, what if Sports Illustrated, you know, like, oh, the SID doesn't want you to talk to this quarterback. Well, Sports Illustrated is going to pay him a grand to do like a exclusive interview with him. Like, do you think stuff I like that? I, okay? I don't know if that's covered under name, image, and likeness. That might be different. Yeah, that might be like straight pay, right? It's like charging a fee. Well, yeah, because it's not like using their name, image, image, and likeness. It's like literally interviewing them, right? But if it's for like an advertisement in Sports Illustrated, then that's fine. I don't know. I should probably actually read the read the uh, rules on this sometime. It's it's there's not. I mean, I did. It's not. Um, it's not very clear. So yeah, that's that's why it's going to be kind of wild, wild westy because we're just not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, we'll see uh, how that turns out. Um, you know, going in blind, it's like you, you jump on this roller coaster. You don't fasten your seatbelt. You're not sure if the maintenance crew's done. And there was definitely a section of track that wasn't f- fully screwed in yet. You just like jump on the roller coaster and see what happens. I feel like that's what we're just going to be go, you know, barreling down and just turns and loops and just not sure where we're going to go. Yeah. Um, the nothing super new with the Arizona State um, scandal going on. I know Pete Thamel did a follow up. I don't know if you saw it, David, but Michael Crow, the you know the president of Arizona State. You know, he's, he was Larry Scott's biggest, you know, defender, um, you know, probably the reason why he stuck around as long as he did, um, was someone that really preached compliance because they got hit by some, you know, with some sanctions, I think it was the baseball team or something. He's like, Hey, we're never having that happen again. We're not going to let this stuff go on. They had the new model, all that kind of stuff. Um, so now the question is, well, this is pretty big. Uh, there's that dossier out there, you know, Yahoo saw it. They've, they've talked about it on their, you know, their columns and podcasts and stuff seems pretty serious, you know, evidence against Arizona state, but we haven't heard a peep yet uh, from them as far as, you know, are they going to take any proactive measures um, just looking at, you know, or are you going to wait for the NCAA and, and because you think you're going to have a good season, just kind of roll forward. Uh, Cause I mean, we, some heads are going to roll for this, but is this going to be, what do you think? Is this, is Michael Crow on the, you know, in a situation where he's like, Hey, I hired these guys. I can't let this happen on my watch. So that compliance thing we were talking about, I'm going to like put that off to the side for now. I mean, everything I get, I hear about him is that he's a real weirdo. Um, and like, unlike most presidents is like weirdly involved in all this stuff. So that's a double-edged sword for making a decision here because one, he's weirdly involved. And so he's probably got some built-in loyalty for these guys. But on the other end, He's weirdly involved and everyone knows it. And so he wouldn't want this reflecting on him and his reputation. So, uh, you know, I could see it going either way. Um, and from all accounts, he sounds like a, I mean, I, I'm reading between the lines. He sounds like a huge asshole. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, th- I think it's going to be, he's going to have to make the determination what is better for his and his career and what's better for his perception of himself. And I think ultimately it's going to be uh, jettisoning these guys because this looks really bad. But we'll see. I mean, as we get further and further down the line, maybe they're going to get more and more, you know, bunkered down in uh, Arizona about it. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I don't know him, obviously, but like, you know, from the the portrait that I've, the stuff I've read, um, it's going to be more about this is a guy I hired, so he has to be good because I don't make bad decisions sort of thing. That's the impression I got, if that makes sense. So 
do you get rid of a guy that you hired? Cause then it, you're basically admitting that you did a bad job that you, you know, this, especially this new model, if you have to get rid of Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards, I mean, that's, that's right on your doorstep. Like the, you're the reason why these guys are there. You let a, a former agent hire his former client and run the football program like a CEO, like that you allowed all that stuff to happen. If you have to fire all those guys, people are going to look like, why the hell did you do that? You know? Yeah, exactly. So, and I will see uh, what happens there. We don't want to beat a dead horse, but just, you know, just a little newsy stuff you've picked up uh, lately on the Arizona state scandal. All right. Well, I know you don't have any notes, so let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll do some questions. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. We are back on the podcast of champions. Don't have much as far as questions today, David. I don't think. Yeah, I'm seeing. What am I seeing? I'm seeing. A, I'm seeing two voicemails. Uh, I think those were. I checked those, um, and I don't believe. Well, one yeah. is a real voicemail. Uh, okay, I'll pull that up. I. I yeah, I think I, I thought we pulled that up from before, but um, why don't you go to uh, Bill and I'll go check for that voicemail. Okay, I'm going to Bill. <clears throat> this is from Bill Go Devils. Latest podcast. A couple of quick comments and questions. Politics plus a little football. Uh, first on the comparison between Vietnam and Iraq. Vietnam will always be considered by uh, the... Uh, by many as the worst war by far. Not sure where Dave got his numbers, but a quick perusal of the internet provided the following. Uh, total civilian deaths in Vietnam due to the war. The best estimate I found was 2 million with another 1.1 million North and South military deaths. In comparison, in Iraq, uh, total civilian deaths due to the war through 2021 is around 200K with another 85 to 90K military deaths. Yeah, that's um, a ridiculous, uh, way, way, way conservative estimate based off of like literally like our casualty accounts that we provide. It's nonsense. Um, if you do a little bit more digging, you'll find, um, between the amount that were actually killed plus, um, the amount killed by displacement by, you know, various things like, um, you know, all of the things that have come after directly because of the instability we caused in the region. It's, uh, Obviously, significantly higher, um, but yeah, no, nobody's nobody's arguing that Vietnam was uh, was like a walk in the park by any stretch. Um, it was a lot longer. It was a much more full scale conflict. Um, you know, Iraq was uh, uh, even less justified and um, and uh, much much closer to just pure murder. Uh, more importantly, from a U.S. perspective, we lost around fifty eight thousand lives in Vietnam and around uh, five thousand in Iraq. To my point about the murder. Uh, while the estimated cost of the Iraq war to the U.S. was roughly $820 billion, it is far more palatable to lose money than lives. 
To be clear, neither, in my opinion, was a good idea. Uh, on the football side, I understand their frustration with the NCAA. They are slow and inconsistent in their actions, and these are their good qualities. That being said, your comment about eliminating the NCAA is a classic example of the damage of unintended consequences. What do you replace them with that is any better? You still need some sort of governing body unless you are comfortable with conferences and schools deciding how many scholarships they should have, what are the recruiting rules, transfer rules, academic requirements, etc. In addition, have an oversight enforcement role that is not autonomous of those being overseen is a complete waste of time. Well, to comment on that, Bill, um, it's yes, you absolutely would have to replace it with something. But the NCAA is a uh, robust and insane bureaucracy that is intended to cover like 15 different divisions of college sports in addition to football, which is a completely different entity from basketball, which are completely different entities from the Olympic sports. It's insane. Have a governing body just for college football or just for college basketball. Yeah. Um, have these run by specific leagues designed to do the things within those leagues. And of course, lots of sports leagues have rules. It's fine. Um, this isn't an insurmountable issue. Of course, you replace it with something. It just needs to be much more specific something that isn't trying to throw in a bunch of insane rules about amateurism. Um, are you back, Ryan? Do you want to comment on that? No, no, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I, it's, I, I don't feel like the NCAA is doing anything as far as a good enough job that you would say, yeah, but I still want to like replace it with something else. Like you could almost just come up with some random stuff and get a, get, do a better job than the NCAA. So I agree. You could structure it differently, uh, a lot differently. It is a very different world now with the kind of money that's being made. If to not treat football separately, I think is a mistake. And, uh, you know, you can have stuff, you know, some kind of umbrella over everything, but, you need someone running college football and you need right. someone running college basketball. And then finally on the ASU situation, I would recommend that ASU just sit and wait, be truthful and supportive of the NCAA investigation and let the NCAA do what they will. I do not see the benefit of the potential lightening of the penalties to remotely compare to the damage of swapping out an entire coaching staff and giving up five years of progress. I just don't see the NCAA doing anything harsher than taking away three to five scholarships for a few years, a bull appearance and limiting campus and home visits. None of which compares to the damage of replacing the staff. Thanks, Bill. Go Devils. Hey, Bill. I, I, I'm guessing that's the direction that ASU goes, but there could be show cause penalties, you know, levied, and then you can't keep those coaches on staff. So it, it, yeah, it's just one of those things where if you see, you know, this is the direction it's going, and you, the, if you make the NCAA look a little bit better by come and clean somewhat. You could probably do a little bit less. You can get lightened by it. They don't have a good look on their face right now. They just got crushed in the, the Supreme court nine Oh, and you know, they've, the, 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 the opinion was out there to like, basically anyone can come after them for their, you know, all that stuff. Like amateurism is on uh, the brink of death. So if you kind of make their job a little bit easier, things would probably get a little more lenient or yeah, maybe let's just wait it out and the incident blade goes away. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe there's some some strategy to that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got the voicemail. I don't remember if we played this one. That's the only thing. But uh, I'll play it for you. And if we did already, my apologies. What's good, guys? This is Evan from Tempe. Uh, I had a question. It's kind of a random question, but just something I've heard about. Uh, it's about how, like, people I hear kind of often talking about, like, oh, Jonathan Smith's doing a great job turning around Oregon State and, well, how can you not love what Jonathan Smith's doing? And my answer to that's pretty simple. That's because he doesn't really ever win, ever. And uh, 
So I'm just kind of curious as to why a lot of people are so optimistic about Jonathan Smith when all he really does is just kind of lose. Uh, to be fair, they all they did was lose before he got there too. So, I mean, I'm not trying to say it's his fault, but uh, I, I mean, they were bad before he got there and they're still bad. So I'm just kind of curious as to why people seem to be optimistic about him. Uh, just because I'm just curious. I mean, I've called him before and talked about it. I, I think everybody listening to this podcast has a, pretty bad to mediocre coach other than maybe other than Utah and, and Stanford fans and maybe Washington fans. And, uh, you know, some people think that Jonathan Smith isn't one of those guys and that he's good. And just kind of curious about that. Cause you know, I just never really thought of that when I was thinking of, you know, the best coaches in the Pac-12. So, uh, I just wanted to see what you guys think about that and not trying to take any shots. I mean, my coaches are pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, that's all I just wanted to ask about. I was curious about Jonathan Smith. So thank you guys. Evan, go throw that tape, that 2000 uh, Fiesta Bowl tape in and see what you'd say. Come on, man. He was a stud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, with Jonathan Smith, um, I, I mean, I think it's relative to the expectations for that job and relative to, um, I think, what we've all expected from that uh, job the last few years. And I think he's outperformed basically every year. Um, and just when you watch them, they look well coached. Um, so that's kind of my main thing there. Yeah, and that was a 2000, it was 2000 season, 2001 Fiesta Bowl, but he had over 300 yards, three touchdowns, throwing to Chad Ochocinco. Come on, man. Uh, no, but I, I feel like you're going to grade all these programs on a curve uh, if you come in and you're built, trying to build something, and it seems like he is. It seems like um, they're getting, going in the right direction. Um, and, I, you know, you feel like it's more of a button-down program that he has you know is trying to you know build things you know using more of the transfer portal stuff he's got some strategies and it looks like i like the direction it's going but yeah he hasn't broke through in one they've you know they had a big win against oregon last year that's that's nice um you know but i think this is a year where you're like yeah this is could they fight for a bowl game and if it's a three and nine season you're like okay i'm not going to give him a whole lot of credit for that you know it's whatever year what four or something um how many years has he been there? Is that four years? I think. I think it's three. Uh, three, yeah. So, um, it was his third season last year, so it should be this will be his fourth year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, there were two and five uh, last year. They did beat Oregon. You know, they beat Cal. It's a pretty good team. They were five and seven the year before, and you know, it's it's just one of those things where like, eh, I want to see them get better. I but I just feel like they've moved. They've had some good players come through there. Um, you know, they seem to be improving on different levels, but you know, this is a year where if they go, you know, if they only win three or four games, you're like, yeah, I, I think they should be better than that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is Frank in Sacramento beyond football coaches looks. Okay. This should be interesting. You rated PAC 12 coaches looks, but let's talk wives specifically ugly coaches with super hot wives. And let's, let's look at more than just the conference of champions. Check out Brett Bielema's wife. He's a straight-up goblin, and she is super hot. This is the widest coach-wife point spread ever. He put a picture. Um, she's a very attractive woman. Um, yeah, uh, this is a, a weird one. I would say— no, Absolutely no interest in answering this question. Look, yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's funny a little bit for us to grade the, like, the looks of the football coaches, because literally we're doing any kind of ranking of the actual football coaches. I have no 
absolutely no interest in talking about all of their wives. Yeah, I wouldn't don't know what I don't know any of their. Well, I've, I've met Clay Helton's wife, but I, that's you know, uh, yeah, I wouldn't know Justin Wilcock if he's he married. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't know what their wives look like. Yeah, I mean, uh, from a strictly like work standpoint, this would require a lot of research. And second, like. Eh, Go ask like a barstool podcast for this. I, I don't. I don't need to do it. All right. Uh, okay. This is from Mark in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, off season, true or false? Hello, champions. Here are some football true false scenarios. I'm curious what your takes are. One: USC will have a Heisman finalist by 2024. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I think that's possible because you don't have to be like top four or five. So 2024, how many more seasons is that? So we got 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024. So we'll say four seasons. Yeah, they'll have a new coach, uh, three years of that. Yeah, I'll say yes. A Heisman finalist. They have to be like if they keep, Especially if they keep that air raid going for a couple years. Yeah, I'll say yes. Uh, two, UCLA will win a bowl game with Chip Kelly. Whew. Um, hmm. I feel like if they have a good season, I think they'll have a pretty good season. I'm going to say true. I think they will. I'm going to go no. Three, Colorado will win a game under against USC under Carl Durrell. Uh, they didn't get to play last year. They play every year. Durrell will probably be there for at least five seasons. So I'm going to go true, yeah. I'll go true. Four, Utah's next coach will have a below 500 record during his tenure in Salt Lake City. Uh, I'm going to false. I think you're going to get like a David Shaw sort of thing following uh, Harbaugh. So I think you're going to get someone good that'll kind of keep that same system going and they won't be fine. Yeah, he, the, well, this is the key point. Unless they fall flat on their face to start, which I think will be hard, um, they won't be kept long enough to go under 500. Uh, Utah's got expectations now. Yeah, okay. Uh, five, ASU will have Herm Edwards as head coach in the 2021 season. <sighs> well, go true. Uh, you know, if it was going to happen, I would have thought it would have happened this past week. So I'll go true as well. The only thing is because July 1st is the day where you can't transfer anymore and like, you know, play right away. If they were going to make a move, they might have waited until players couldn't transfer and play right away. So maybe it happens right away, but uh, I'm not thinking it will. Right. Uh, six, Arizona will finish with nine or more wins in a season at any point during the Jed Fish era. Uh, false. Nine or more wins in a season at any point during the Jed Fish era. I'll go true. I'm bullish on fish. Wow. Okay. I mean, I am too, but I think that's a, that's a pretty big leap from 12 game losing streak. They're like seven years removed from a 10 win season. Yeah. All right. Uh, Oregon state will not make a bowl game under Jonathan Smith. I'll say false. I think, I think the. Yeah. Cal will win 10 or more games in a season at any point in the 2020s. True. Too much potential. Mm. Hang on. I'm going to look something up real quick. So California football seasons. How many decades do you think they have gone where they didn't win 10 games in at least one season? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Yeah. All right. So uh, this past decade, they didn't. Uh, the previous decade, they did. Uh, and then before that, 91, they won 10 games. And that was the first time since 1949. So I'm going to go false. false. Oh, okay. All right. Um, all right. 
Washington will not finish with more than eight wins in a season at any point under Jimmy Lake. False. Like, they'll probably win at least eight games this season. Yeah, I'll go false. Uh, Ten, Oregon wins a national championship under Mario Cristobal. I think false, just be, not because I don't think Oregon can be good. I just don't think you're going to be Alabama good. And that's yeah, false. Yeah. False. Uh, Stanford will have a new coach by 2023. I'm going to go true. <sighs> I think I'm going to say false because I, I don't think I, I don't think Shaw's getting fired, you know? And not this year, but the bottom continues to fall out. They're going to be bad this year again. That's my that's one of my fearless predictions. Okay. All right, we'll disagree on that one. And then Washington State will finish in the top twenty in any season under Nick Rolovich. <sighs> say false. Top twenty. I think I would say yes, true for top twenty five. Top twenty, you're basically finishing you probably lose in the Pac twelve championship game or something, right? Like right. maybe maybe you finish second in the north. I'll go true. I think, I think they'll keep him around a while, and uh, you know, I don't think he'll get poached unless he does something pretty good. So yeah, I'll go true on that one. All right. Go thanks for reading, Mark in Vancouver. Hey, thanks, Mark, and uh, thanks for all the questions there. Well, we got a nice, tight little show today, David. Super tight, tightest. Uh, good stuff. But thanks, everyone. We'll try it. Well, we'll see if we can do something. But if we don't talk to you for a little while, enjoy the. Fourth of July break and uh, go out and do some some grilling, maybe a few adult beverages. Um, you know, if you get a chance to eat some fresh bluefin tuna, go do that. I'd like I'd like to do that again, Dave. Yes, yes. Let's just make that an everyday occurrence and then just <laughs> deal with the mercury poisoning as it comes. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, that is David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Champions. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles. Now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!